Amen, amen, amen. How's everybody? New Life Church, good to see you this morning. You guys alive and well? Praise God. Amen. Aren't you appreciative of God's presence? Amen. When his people gather together, I, I, I am and I know you are. It's, it, I was listening to you sing there in that moment when Jake said, voices only. And I tell you, pastors love to hear when their congregations sing. You know what I'm saying? And it sounded so awesome. And uh, so thank you for your worship, your heart of worship and praise this morning. Let me get you to go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is where we're going to start this morning. And it is good to see you guys this morning. How many, uh, how many uh, guys are headed back to school, or you already started back to school this past week? Some of you? How many of you are going back this week? A few more. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, as Lindsay said earlier, we're going to be praying for everyone next Sunday, so you don't want to miss a special back-to-school blessing and uh, prayer as well as treats. I think we're giving away $100 bills. I just was saying if you were still, still with me this morning. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Let me, let's draw our attention to the Word this morning. Who's ready for God's message, God's Word today? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to be beginning in verse 5. The Apostle Paul says, After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Let's pray over today's word. Father, we give you thanks for this morning. Thank you for our church, New Life Church. Thank you for everyone who's here, every individual and family who's gathered together in your name. And Lord, we thank you that as we do gather in your name, you are here. Your presence is here. We acknowledge that, and we are thankful for that. Your presence, as we sang earlier, truly is heaven to us. I know we don't know what it's like to be there present with you right now, but you surely give us a glimpse and a taste for your presence on earth. In fact, you tell us to pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this morning we pray that very prayer in our gathering, in our time this, this, this morning as we go into your word and hear what you have to say. I pray you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive and understand, a mind to comprehend, and a life willing to go forth in your purpose. Enlighten us now, Holy Spirit. Encourage us where we need it. And we give you thanks now in Jesus' name. And everybody agrees with that. Say amen. I was recently at a funeral on Wednesday for our dear sister, Miss Barbara Ingram, and our brother Fitz Harden 
her mother, his grandmother passed away. And one of the best funerals I've been in in a long time is Barbara. I tell you, my heart was lifted up and encouraged, uh, as I'm sure yours and your family members were. But one of the things the preach, one of the preachers got up and uh, was about to do his part, and he said, let the church say amen. Let the church say amen again. Let the church say amen one more time. I tell you, I got myself going in that. (laughs) That was good. I know sometimes we do stuff out of just habit, but uh, sometimes we just need a little push. Amen? Just need a little push. Well, I got a little push about 23 years ago. Went on my very first mission trip. My very first one, 23 years ago, and since then I've had the privilege to go on about 15 mission trips uh, in our country, in the Philippines, and in Canada, up in Toronto. And uh, all the trips were different, different reasons for different ones, but they all have some common threads throughout all of them. I'm going to share a little bit about that, but I'm thankful that I got that push and I got that nudge to go because not only did, um, did God open my eyes to and, and allow me to see how he could use my life, use my life then and how he wanted to use my life later on in, in, in ministry in different ways. It was on one of those particular trips that I sensed God's call into full-time vocational ministry. It was also on one of those trips where I met my wife, Haley. She and I met each other on a mission trip. It was also on one of those, on several of those trips where God began to open my eyes to realize that, hey, I am useful. And God has put some good things inside of me to be utilized for his kingdom cause and his kingdom purpose. Because how many of you know sometimes life has a way of beating you down and getting the best of you, making you doubt why you are even here? What's the reason for my existence? And it was through those trips that different things began to click and different things began to come into play and fall into place for my life and get and allow me to realize not only God wanted to use me, but then show me how, in fact, he used me to help somebody else. You know, that's a rewarding feeling when you know at the end of the day, at the end of a, a, a mission, a trip, a, a, a ministry, or whatever it might be, an act of kindness and service where you see God used you to help somebody else. So I was thankful that I got that push over 23 years ago. It changed my life, literally changed my life and made things different and better for me. And this morning I have the privilege to um, give you guys an official report and update on our most recent mission trip. This was New Life's Church first mission trip. We broke the ground uh, at the beginning of July and headed out west. Uh, with a small team and um, began a week-long trip, a mission trip. And we headed out to the Apache Indian Reservation. We have a partnership through one of our outside elders, Pastors Rick and Susan Bennett. They oversee a missions base called Outpost of Freedom. So uh, the shirt I'm wearing, you'll see a few others have these shirts on this morning. But um, I, I just wanted to, we wanted to take this morning and, and give you guys an official report and an official update. And I want to draw your attention to what the Apostle Paul was talking about here as we begin this um, message this morning. I've titled today's message, For the Sake of the Call. Pastor Prentice preached 
a message with this same title on the Sunday that he returned back from the trip before I did. So he kind of gave a brief intro, and today we're going to take it and give you the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey like used to say. And that's the rest of the story. But Paul states here in 1 Corinthians 3, he says, We are God's servants. We are God's servants. You know, I'm really proud of a team that went. Pastor Prentice, my wife Haley, our oldest daughter Eden, uh, my folks Joe and Sharon, and uh, Miss Neva Collins uh, were all part of this trip. Uh, I'm really proud of each and every one of them, the sacrifice they made uh, to be able to go, and the time involved, and, and everything that was a part of the trip itself. Really uh, felt like the Lord just really gelled us together and helped caused us to just really work as a unified force. So, you know, the, God says there's blessing when there's unity. And, uh, and so I certainly felt that and, and, and experienced that amongst our team. We all came with different skill levels and different knowledge and different abilities. And it was so interesting to see how God put all of that together. My daughter Eden, she just turned nine. And uh, in the early part of the summer, she did a little um, popcorn and lemonade stand sale to raise money for the mission trip. There's a part of her trip that she had to pay for, uh, and she wanted to raise money to help do that. She raised $65 in a little lemonade popcorn stand. Yeah. Her Papa Joe helped do all the marketing and put up uh, the investment for the supplies, and she reaped the, har the, the harvest of it. And, uh, but uh, here's the, the second half of that story. Uh, her mother and her were talking one day, and uh, shortly thereafter that sale, and she said, you know what, what, if, what do you think about taking your $65 and sending it on over to the missions base, because they need to go ahead and buy some supplies. And uh, she's like, sure. And keep in mind, there's still a fee that she had to still, we still had to cover for her. And, and she's like, yeah, let's do that. So she went ahead, we went ahead and sent a check on over ahead of time for some supplies for the ministry that the missions base needed for our trip. And then no less than two weeks later, someone put $200 in our hands and said, here, this is for your mission trip. So that covered the fee and then some, as well as Eden getting to send over her proceeds that was supposed to be for her to go and it actually bought supplies for the missions trip itself. So, she's given me the I'm nine going on 16 look. Stop talking about me. <laughs> but everybody that went, our team, we were, we're, we're just, we're God's servants doing what God wanted us to do. Paul said, each of us did the work the Lord gave us. Every one of us did the work the Lord gave us to do. Part of that involved being serving in many different positions every night in the children's service. We're going to show a video here in a few minutes. You're going to get to see a highlight video of that. And then the team, or they're going to come up and share their reflections of their trip. But many of us, we served in different ways. We served in puppets. We served in drama sketches. We served in teaching for the night. We helped do the praise and worship, every single one of us. We did face painting to serving snacks to every night, of course, having to set up and tear down two nights in the rain, uh, having to do that. The show must go on when you show up to do a mission trip. You don't back out because of bad weather. You keep 
pressing on because the people expect something. And so we kept doing that, night after night, pressing through some sickness, pressing through some physical ailments, pressing through the high elevation, 8,000 feet above sea level. Anybody that's ever been at that height, you know the difficulties that can come with breathing and different things to that nature, dehydration and stuff like that. So a lot of stuff to press in on and press through on and to serve for the sake of the call. Prentice and I had the opportunity to take a night each to preach and minister in the adult tent. The children's ministry every night had anywhere between 50 and 70 kids show up, between 50 and 70. The adults had uh, somewhere on average of about 120 to 130 adults in the tent, uh, not to mention all the bugs that would flock to the light and that would try to fly in your mouth as you're trying to speak and pray for people. And, uh, and then over half of those adults each night when he and I ministered came forward for ministry uh, in prayer. Saw salvations, saw healings, saw the Lord just do, saw one particular young man, 21 years old, who had been running from the Lord. His grandfather used to be the pastor of the church that we were helping. And he had passed away a, couple, a year or so ago. And this young man was running from the Lord. And you could just see God's call on his life for ministry. And we got to both pray for him, prophesy into his life and his girlfriend's life, and just a renewed heart for the Lord take place. A lot of stories like that that went on. I don't want to take away from what they might be sharing. During the day, we worked three and a half long days, three and a half long days during the day. Our day started at about 7 a.m. and ended about 1 a.m the next morning for five straight days. Three and a half of those days we worked in the daytime to refurbish the Canyon Day Lighthouse Church, their children's ministry uh, meeting room. And you're gonna see pictures on the video. And uh, from painting, to decorating, to hanging pictures, to cleaning, uh, which is my mom's specialty. She loves to clean, don't let that cat out of the bag. To organizing that she loves to organize too and uh, but doing all of those things to add value to the church to add value to the church and to those children's lives Paul goes on to say one planted one watered but it was really God who caused the seed to grow so we planted and watered the gospel seed every day we refreshed the leadership of Canyon Day Lighthouse Church and we helped to bring a great, we were strengthened in our partnership with the Apache Indians through our, our relationship with the outpost of Freedom Missions Base and allowing us to go back in, uh, in the future. And so, uh, so that's on the, on the horizon as well. And Paul said, you know what? The thing that's really most important is not about who did what, but it's about seeing God making the seed grow. God making the seed grow. God see, making the seed grow in their senior pastor, Pastor Mariella, who's just coming up on one year as their new pastor. God making the seed grow in their children's pastor, Shana, who has just one eye. Shana went to college and came back from school with a degree in hopes to serve her people, was attacked with a very ferocious flesh-eating disease that ate her eye out. She has one eye with a patch, and her heart's desire was not to have her eye healed. 
our heart's desire was to have greater vision for God's people. So I got to pray with her in that. That touched my heart. For God to make the seed grow in all the children and God to make the seed grow in the Canyon Day Lighthouse people. You know, the thing about missions is this, as, as Paul sums it up there, and he says, you know, one plants, another waters. But here's the thing, he says, we both work together and both will receive a reward according to their hard work. You know, missions is a common theme, as I was talking to you about in my introduction. There's a common theme and thread about missions and ministry, and, and that is this, what Paul said. Missions involves, it involves this. It involves planting. It involves sowing the gospel seed. Missions involves partnership. Having the partnership of working together with one another for the same purpose. Missions involves praying. It involves praying with each other, for each other. Praying for other people. We did a lot of that. It involves also having your own church have a prayer covering over you. And I want to tell you, thank you, church, so much for covering us in prayer while we were gone. I can tell you that the days and the nights when we were tired and fatigued, our kids were battling some sickness, our adults were battling some ailments. It was the prayers of the saints, the fervent, effectual prayers of the righteous avail much, the Bible tells us. And I could tell you, certainly firsthand, we experienced your prayers. So thank you for being faithful in lifting us up in prayer. Missions involves prayer, but also missions involves the payoff. There's a reward. Right here, Paul says, we will be rewarded based on our hard work for the gospel. Let me tell you this, God always, let me tell you, God always rewards his servants for the hard work of helping people know him. He always has a payoff. He always has a reward. Do we do it for that? No, we don't do it for that. And those that do it for the right reason, God knows the hearts of those servants, then he has rewards and he has a payoff for the people who help others come to know him. And he has rewards in different ways, some on this side of eternity and a whole lot more on the other side of eternity that we will get to experience. But nonetheless... God rewards his servants for serving so well. And I want to tell you, team, Pastor Prentice, Haley, Eden, Mom and Dad, and Neva, there's a, there's a reward for you. Some of us feel like we got a reward just by seeing and experiencing what we did. That's part of it. But I also want to tell you, church, there is a calling on every single one of our lives to serve God. And this morning, we want to just take a moment and just brag on God and his faithfulness of provision and making a way and then using us on this trip in hopes to open your eyes to see what happened, to inspire you to go with us next year, as well as to see how our kingdom investment in our church has helped making a difference in other people's lives. Let's get the video queued up and ready to go. I wanna say thank you to Curtis who put this together. Fantastic job, very professional, very professional. And, and then as this video concludes, then our team, you're going to come forward and you're going to hear a few minutes from them of their reflection. So let's catch this video. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. We 
Lord. You know, as, as good as that video was, when you're actually there standing with them kids, that's where the that's where the emphasis really is. As I was looking at this, the last picture there was I, I just couldn't get the whole gist of it because I didn't have my good camera. It was a double rainbow from one side to the other side. The Lord spoke to me and said the double portion 
is coming. I mean it. And uh, tremendous of what God had done on this trip, preparation that, I mean, as soon as we stepped off the plane, there was problems. I mean, we didn't bring the problems. But <laughs> though some said that's what happened. But uh, in spite of everything, the plan of God went forth. And I think that's what it's all about. There's two scriptures I, I, I'd just like to read to you. Um, One is found in the, in the book of Luke, and it says this. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Therefore, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. That's what we need. John wrote this. He said, That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested. And we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was from the Father, was made manifest. This tremendous time, was there sacrifice? Oh, yeah, there's sacrifice. You don't think of that, though. One of the most peaceful things that I have ever found is being, uh, doing the traveling a bit, uh, flying on a plane in Nicaragua where, the, where we're tossed around and not really fear anything. And the poor girl that was riding in the plane with us, about 15 of us, she was back there just crying. There was so much turbulence that was bouncing and throwing us around. And me and the couple of the other pastors we were just we were just talking about what God had done and we we're just laughing and everything and that girl kept looking over at us what in the world are you crazy this plane's going to go down any minute but it's it's really unique when you know you're in the plan of God and you know that it doesn't make any difference if the plane goes down or if it lands where it's supposed to you know that you're in the perfect will of God and it's one thing to know that. It's another thing to experience it and realize you're in the plan of God. It makes no difference anything else. From the beginning that we got out there and we faced the trouble with the, with the trailer till we got up and, and dealing with 104 and 105 degrees and, and then getting up on top of the mountain and some would say that was the best part of it because it only got into the high 70s at night and the, or in the day. In the daytime, it was only it, it, uh, at night, uh, during the night, it was like 46, 47, 48 degrees. So that was great. While you poor folks back here was dealing with the heat, we were enjoying at least that pleasure of having nice temperatures. But that's the natural thing. The spiritual end was, if you notice where the youth, uh, the kids were, having their service with uh, what they call them, the, the, the wooden pads that they stack things on. That was the pallets. That, that, that's what the exterior wall was, so to speak. And, of course, the, the great thing, and I just appreciate that there wasn't a whole lot of wind because they did not clean the horse manure out of this place that had been used for 
uh, to store their horses. And the picture, I kept looking for it. I never could see it. Maybe somebody felt sorry for us and moved all of the horse manure out of the way. But those are the great experiences that you have. But then you see these kids come in, and all of them look like orphans. I took care of a few nights. I took care of the snacks. I kept looking, and I know some of them was coming back more than one time. And it struck me. Shut up, Prentice. Don't worry about it. And then you find out that about 80% of those kids, that's all they had to eat that day. You saw the smiles on their faces. And I got, I got so tickled at one manual. He's the one that gave us all the problems. Because you look at Amy Taylor, he's wanting to steal something. He's just looking for anything. And yet God was moving on him. And he kept coming, coming up. And I said, you've been, in, in, you've been up here more than once. No, I hadn't. No, I hadn't. And then by the, end of, by the end of the week, he'd keep saying that. But then he had, had a smile on his face. And you knew that everything that you go through, you did it for the sake of the call. Because if you go on these kind of experiences and these kind of mission trips, you're not there to make yourself feel good. And yet there's a lot of people, but that's what they do. They feel like they're giving up something to help someone else. That's not what it is. What it is is to see those life changes faces that's on them and see how God does something in them and be able to pray and know that this is a good time for these kids. So let me just say to you this morning, you can go back and listen to my message if you want to. I did quite a bit of talk on there, and I want to give these other ones an opportunity to express what they experienced in the handling of the things of God and the mission that God had carried them to. I would pray that you would get under a burden for doing something for someone that you might not have done before. Put in an investment into going and doing something for somebody else that you're not going to get any natural praise or credibility in. But you're, get, but you're investing in the kingdom of God. And who knows that one of those kids out of those difficult times might one day be a pastor to some of those adults that were in it in the tent you're investing in the lives of kids and believe me right now there's more things tearing down kids than there are building kids up our kids are our future invest in them think about next year sometimes in june or during the summertime start preparing get yourself ready financially to invest in the future of the next few generations and you will benefit more than you ever thought you could. Somebody say amen. This is Miss Neva Collins. If you don't know her, she also went on our trip. Neva? Well, they asked me to speak for a couple of minutes, but if anybody knows me, a couple of minutes ain't happening. <laughs> I ain't never spoke a couple of minutes one day in my life. Um, I want to 
first thing I want to do, I want to tell you about the people I served with. Um, Rick and Susan Bennett are awesome people. They're hardworking, and their hearts are so big. And Susan, Lord of mercy, if I could have the energy and the stamina that that woman has, there's no telling what I could conquer. Uh, I, she just utterly amazed me. I, I cannot say enough about this woman. Um, their son, Rick um, Jr., <laughs> was a comedian. You just can't help but fall in love with him and his family. Um, Miss Jane, Miss Jane um, from their church, she had brought her um, mother with her, mother-in-law with her who has Alzheimer's because they, she lives with her husband out of town. But she did not want to fail from her servanthood duty that she feels called to do. And she served and, and uh, she wasn't able to go to the, um, the camp at night, but she served at our mission base and served very faithfully and was a wonderful, wonderful lady I fell truly in love with. And they're, they're just, it's just, I can't explain. From the time you get off the plane to the time you go, you, you don't want to go home. You want, you want to keep going. You want to keep serving. Um, but I did learn uh, some things about uh, the people from my church family that I was with, and I want to share those with you. I learned um, that uh, my pastor, if he ever decides to quit being a pastor, could be a comedic actor. I don't think I've ever laughed so hard at this man in my life. Um, and uh, we were in the tent uh, one night with the kids. And you know, if you're in the tent with kids, you've got a roar anyway. But we were hearing the roar from the tent from the pastor that was preaching that night. And uh, uh, Haley told uh, Jeremy that he better find his inner T.D. Jakes uh, because this guy was really pouring the coal to it. So uh, lo and behold, this man does have an inner T.D. Jakes. The night that he preached, I was like, oh my gosh, do you hear him? Do you hear him? <laughs> he was going after it. I said, boy, oh boy, oh boy, he does got it. <laughs> but you learn so much about the people that you serve with. And I learned, of course, I already know uh, Haley and Sherry a lot more than I know the men. You know, us women, we, we talk with each other. And Sherry and Haley both are hardworking women who never stop because the heart of God is in them. And that's what they want in life is just to serve the Lord. And I, you know, I just, I, in awe and in amazement of these women. And um, Pastor Prentice, I did learn that children do like him as long as he has food. Um, no, really joking. We, we, Prentice and I had a lot of good time together to share the Lord and to share with each other because we rode on the plane back together and home, back home together. And uh, I really did enjoy that precious time that I had with my pastor. And lo and behold, Joe. Now, I want to tell you something about this man. He had my heart the whole trip. 
we got there and that first night these children brought their little brother I think it was a little, little boy or a little girl I can't remember but he was a little boy I think up for prayer for healing these two little girls and Joe prayed with them and I want to tell you that man's feet never touched the ground the rest of the week God was so in him he was so on fire and I love you Joe Bradley you're an awesome man and don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't do whatever God calls you to do and now I want to tell you about the the people and such um, in 1997, this church prayed for me to go to Honduras on a mission trip. First time I'd ever been out of the country, first time I'd ever been on a plane. It was, oh, I, I, I was like a deer in headlights the whole trip. But the one thing I want to tell you about that trip was the children... They have numerous street children. I mean, it's unbelievable the hundreds of thousands of street children that are there. And they live in the garbage dump. Now, I'm serious. A garbage dump. They dig holes in the garbage dump and make with whatever they can find to shell out and make little cubby holes and everything and whatever they can pull out of the dump that's what they use for their little houses later on hurricane mitch came and a lot of those street children died more than half are dead from hurricane mitch but the ones that didn't are still there and still in the garbage dump waiting now let's go to to 2015 when this church prayed for me and the others to go to the Apache Indian Reservation. So I'm in thinking, you know, third world country, United States. Okay, so I'm looking, I'm paying very close attention. And I want to tell you, I didn't see children living in a garbage dump. But what I did see was the same type of hopelessness that I saw in Honduras. These children, you know, I have a heart for children. So I can't speak for adults. You know, we have choices we, have, we can make. These children don't have the choice. They are where they are. And there's such hopelessness there in those children's eyes. There are things that go on that I'm not going to talk about because we have children in here, okay? But if you ever want to know or you're ever curious, you can always ask one of us on the mission team and we'll be happy to let you know. There are gangs there. The church that we serve, the gangs burnt their church down. There's always something. 
wherever you go. But in the United States of America, where we can go to McDonald's and buy a hamburger anytime we want, there are children there on that reservation that ha do not have the money to go and buy a hamburger at McDonald's. And you want to know why you need to study about reservations. And you'll start learning. Then you go and you see with your own eyes what I saw. And I just want to share because something I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And I said, okay, God, I've been praying for weeks. What do you want me to say? What do you truly want me to get across to my, my fellow friends and people who have a heart for God but really don't quite get it yet? And lo and behold, the Lord always waits to the last minute. So last night I had my Bible and I was just, okay, Lord, I got to find scripture. I got to find scripture. Da 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 da. I got to do this. I got to do that. You know how we do. And I just really, really, really wasn't getting what I was supposed to be getting. So it was almost midnight and I went to bed. And when I laid down and I was praying, and I said, okay, Lord, you know, you're going to have to speak it because it ain't happening for me. It ain't happening for me. I don't know what you're doing, but it ain't happening for me. And he began to share something with me. And I was so excited when Rick came home from work. I had to tell him because I had to jump up and write it down. So I wouldn't, in my feeble old mind, forget. <laughs> um, but the Lord said to me, if you had a meal and you saw a homeless person, would you give him the meal and share me with him? Would you just give him the meal? Or... Would you sit down and have that meal with him and share me with him? When you break bread with someone, you get to know them, know who they are, and then you can really share God with them. God's heart is love and his people and sharing. And that's what mission work is. It's sharing yourself with others so that you can share God. And this is the scripture that he gave me. It is in 1 John 3.18. My little children, let us not love in word or tongue as we all do, but in deed and in truth. So if you want to show someone love and God and the truth therein, try closing your mouth for a minute and sitting down 
and share yourself first because you are supposed to have the heart of God in you. Thank you. This is my dad, Joe. I think he's going to be the spokesperson for he and my mother, so go for it. Uh, well, first, I've got a confession I have to make. When I first found out about this uh, mission trip earlier in the spring, can you hear me? Um, I really didn't have any interest whatsoever in going on this, on this mission trip. Um, I didn't have any internal calling from the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I had no idea, you know, uh, what I could do, if anything I could do. Um, didn't really have the money because I'd had a bunch of expenses this summer that was kind of unexpected. And uh, I don't know, about a week or two before um, they left, or we left, uh, the pastor called and said uh, we had a few folks drop out that uh, originally was going to go and didn't, you know, for, for whatever reasons. Uh, you missed the boat, by the way. Um, he called, and so I talked to my wife about it, and we said, well, we'll just scrape up the money and make arrangements. My 95-year-old mother-in-law had just come to live with us. We had to find somebody to stay at home with her, and uh, I had two dogs at home that had to be looked out after. And uh, So there was a lot of arrangements to be made just for us to be able to even go. Well, we uh, flew out with Pastor uh, Prentice and uh, Neva uh, from Nashville, and we arrived in uh, Phoenix, uh, we stepped off the plane, and it was like uh, stepping, uh, when we stepped out of the airport, it was like stepping into an oven. The heat is just kind of indescribable. Uh, it just surrounds you, and um, um, but you don't sweat. And I thought, well, this is really going to be fun. It's like 200 degrees in Arizona. And I, I wasn't even sure I was going to like Arizona because I always had only saw photos. And I thought it was just going to be cactuses and a lot of sand and rocks. But we got to uh, Phoenix, and I was like basically awestruck on how many people lived in the Phoenix area. And it was like uh, four and a half million people. It was huge. You know, it takes two hours to drive across uh, one side of town to the other. Uh, we uh, we were um, we met at uh, Pastor uh, Rick uh, Bennett's home, and uh, I kind of thought we were just going to, you know, because uh, it was about 9 o'clock in the evening. Uh, we went to work immediately. We were packing a trailer, uh, and up to like about 1 o'clock in the morning, because uh, uh, like, as Pastor Prentice said earlier, we had some problems with the wiring of a trailer. And uh, one of the uh, members of the church, this uh, 86-year-old gentleman, uh, John, Ron, Ron, uh, was out there at like 10 o'clock at night with a flashlight crawling underneath the trailer, fixing it so we could leave the, the next day after church. So we go uh, Sunday morning, we go to church 
at Pastor Rick's uh, church there in town in Tempe, uh, Arizona. And uh, it was a uh, multi multicultural uh, church gathering of two churches, a Spanish church and the uh, English American church, whatever you want to call it. And we had a wonderful service. Uh, we packed up after uh, church, and we drove three hours uh, east up into the, to the mountains of uh, northeast uh, Arizona to the town of Pine Top. And we stayed in these little uh, uh, cabin, hotel, motel-looking things that uh, kind of quaint, but you know, very simple, but nice, clean. And uh, we got there about 8 o'clock Sunday night. Well, I thought, you know, we were probably going to camp out for the night there. No, we drove on to the, to the camp meeting uh, on the Indian Apache Reservation. And we set up in the horse corral. And we started having children's church. And uh, we had, uh, you know, about six inches worth of horse manure to walk around in, uh, flies and mosquitoes. I think mosquitoes are the state bird of Arizona. They're they're large. Somebody uh, had uh, uh, Haley had some uh, oils and stuff that would keep them away from you, so she was slathering that on everybody. And so uh, we uh, had. Um, had church for the kids that night I think about 40 or 50 came in and uh, you could tell these these kids were poor you know they they weren't used to having a lot but and um, you could, there was interest uh, in their faces on what was going on uh, but you could tell they lived a life that you know they didn't have a lot of things to look forward to and uh, we uh, had um, teaching, we had singing, teaching, and games, and crafts tables set up for these kids, and we would rotate them around. And uh, I was the one of the game show hosts, apparently. Uh, I had no idea what I was going to be doing this week, because I'd never been on a mission trip. I didn't know what to do. I just said, Lord, you're going to have to help me here. So I become a game show host, and uh, we uh, uh, got to know these kids uh, throughout the week, and each night more and more would come. But the first night, and uh, Pastor and Neva both mentioned this, um, and this is where the Holy Spirit uh, got a hold of me. Um, these two little girls came up, and they had a little brother of about two years old these kids the girls were about eight nine years old and they had a little brother that was two or three and they came up and said would you pray for our little brother he's been having he's had like some sort of respiratory illness sickness and uh it was me and uh, ricky bennett uh junior pastor rick son we said sure we'll pray for you and we prayed for the child and to be healed and you know the Lord to uh, take care of that issue and one of the little girls said well would you pray for me uh, I um, 
am afraid at night. I hear noises and things that scare me. And so we, we talked to her about how she didn't have to be afraid, that there was someone who would always be with her everywhere she goes all of the time. All she had to do was just say, I believe. And so we led that little girl to Christ and the little girl that was with her. And uh, that, as they said, I was, you know, the Holy Spirit just picked me up for the rest of the week. And I think the next night we had like 32 young kids that accepted Christ. And I think over the course of the rest of the evenings, we had, um, you know, uh, uh, quite a bit more. I think it was, it was up to like 60 or 70 total kids that accepted Christ. And um, so basically, I want to encourage you out there. If you think that if you've never been on a mission trip, or if you have, if you think God can't use you, you're wrong. And if you think you can't uh, make a way, he'll make a way for you to go. Uh, it, it was hard work. We worked from 7 a.m. to 1 o'clock at night. Uh, me and Neva both were sick at one time. Uh, some of the folks there laid hands and prayed for us. And I, usually when I get these sinus uh, respiratory things going on, I'm, I have to go to the doctor. Uh, I just have no immunity to that kind of thing. I usually just get worse and worse. They prayed for me. And I literally uh, that afternoon said I was not going back that Wednesday night because I was so sick. And within an hour, I took me a hot shower I was clear. Now, I didn't feel great, but I was felt good enough to go back and go finish out the rest of the week. And I, Neva's pretty much had about the same situation. Uh, I went there um, to minister to kids, uh, but God ministered to me. Last but not least, most of you know this beautiful lady. It's my wife, Haley. Let you wrap it up. Well, it's noon, so I promise I'll be brief. Um, I wanted to share one story that we've found out the details of it since we've been back. But you know my heart's children, if anybody in here knows me at all. If you want to do something that's going to make a difference, you do something for children. In our community here, in Nicaragua, and in the, on the reservation. And um, you could go out to the reservation and you could get real frustrated at the lack of priority you see on the children. Honestly, I'm just being honest. And the children's ministry. When you see new wood chips in the adult tent, you know, in a sound system, and even in a concession stand tent, you see new wood chips. And you see manure and dirt in the shed that we were supposed to use to minister to over 70 children. 
and then you go to a children's church room that somebody donated the trailer and it's in a disarray and it needs it needs work you know and so your first instinct is to get really angry at grown-ups but what good would that do when you realize what you went out there to do was to touch the heart of the kids and so we um, outpost I won't take we won't take credit for this we went out with a great group that does this all the time back when we were just in our early 20s we started doing children's ministry on the reservation and what I'm telling you is if they have these camp meetings every summer but if we hadn't have gone there with that team with Rick and Susan Bennett and Outpost of Freedom years ago and started children's ministry on the reservation there there wouldn't be any children's ministry on the reservation during these camp meetings in the summer there just wouldn't be and I just thank God for them and I thankful that we could have went down there was able to lift up the weary hands of outposts of freedom and help them to continue to do what God's called them to do so as your pastors you got to know you know I know some people are probably like why are we going to the reservation why aren't we in our own community what well, we did things in our community this summer we did a great day camp and we saw kids come to the Lord and if you want an opportunity to serve children in this community we have aftercare every day during the school year to the children of Denmark in this area and you can come up and help with that and on Wednesday nights we reach out with Bible clubs and we have kids from the community that come to the Bible clubs and we need help we need help to minister to the kids in this community but honestly this is my commercial to you if God has pulled on your heart at all to come with us next summer to the reservation as all of them told you we worked our tails off and I'm not saying that for my credit because we didn't know what we were getting into but it's a lot of work and there's and we left thinking there's so much more we could have done and with y'all's help we can do so much more next year but God I love children and God loves children so much And it was such a blessing to go out there with them and to work with them and to minister to these kids. And there's one little boy, when, when Pastor Rick and Susan, they've come a couple times and they've told you about the mission trips and things like that. And really, you got to experience it. And honestly, after the last time we went, after the first year we got married, I thought, well, I'll never be out here again. That was nice. That was a nice part of our life, but I'll never be on the reservation again. And when we drove by the old hotel, that we used to take kids and stay at and do mission trips, I thought, well, okay, Lord, here we are again. Your plans are bigger. I used to drag Lindsay out there all the time when she was just a teenager to help us. I'm dragging you out there and some of the rest of y'all next time. But um, they told us about a story back in 2013 about a little boy named Tyreek. And... Um, they were teaching about forgiveness and the cross, and they were writing down who they needed to forgive, and they were nailing it to the cross at one of their meetings. And the little boy, Tyreek, he, he took his little piece of paper, and he folded it to where it made six squares, like a little cartoon. And on those squares, he drew a picture of himself being beaten. And I'll keep it simple since we do have children here hurt and left in a pool of blood and he had it folded up in his hand and Ricky went over to him and he just encouraged him hey 
be, be brave enough to take that to the cross. Well, I'll go with you. We'll take this and we'll nail it to the cross. And they pulled Tyreek's little thing off after it was all said and done and they realized it. And they use that when they go out and minister to different places. But what we found out this year, and we didn't even find it out until we'd already been back home. There was a little boy, he was a little bit older, about 11, I guess, named Tyreek that was there. And Tyreek started the first night sitting on the back row. And we were telling some of the, I didn't write this curriculum. It was some of the most difficult Bible stories. We were talking about De, uh, Deborah and Yale, and we were talking about uh, Philip and the Ethiopian. And I was really trying to familiarize myself with these Bible stories because some of them were complicated. And from the back row, this little boy kept raising his hand and answering all the questions. And every night he moved up a row until he was sitting with the babies on the front row. He learned every amazingly difficult memory verse we went out there with. And on the last night, Pastor Rick said, we want you to bring the kids over to the big tent because we want to show the adults what you've been doing over here, what we've been doing with these children. And it was beautiful, y'all, because we pulled those kids on the stage. And I, you know, there was a picture of where the kids flooded the stage. And their parents had their cameras out, taking pictures of them and smiling. And that children's pastor that Jeremy told you about that's been through so much to minister to children. And actually, about only about 15 of those kids were actually from her children's ministry. A lot of those kids wandered out of the mountains into our little shed that we were doing children's ministry in because they saw the light, they smelt the fry bread, and they came in. Tyreek led the memory verse that night. And Ricky stood at the back with the poster because it was, it was the, he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. You all know the one. Isaiah 53, 5. And Tyreek stood there with his head down. And he closed his eyes because he wanted everybody to know he knew that verse. He wasn't reading it from the poster. He knew that verse. And come to find out, when Susan was talking on that Friday night, we'd already all came back home, and she was telling um, Shauna, the children's pastor, about this little boy, Tyreek, who just was so, I mean, he's such a student of the Word, you know, so into it. And um, Shauna said, well, that's that same Tyreek that y'all, back in the day, put that on the, it was the same guy. And he'd been coming to her children's ministry because of, because of that, ever since then, he's a part of their church now. And so, I'm just thankful. I'm kind of like my father-in-law there. I was kind of like, why are we going back out here, honestly? And now I'm so thankful that we did. And I so hope that if God's pulling on your heart at all to go, that, that you surrender and find a way because the beauty of it as a mom is that my child was able to serve they they did they used her more i learned about how to help kids get a, a, to serve and do their part more when i was out there because my three-year-old helped do the dishes and help prepare food she had a part and eden helped plan and cut out crafts ahead of time and did puppet shows, you know, and if you want to take your family on a trip where everybody can be a part and be involved from the youngest to the oldest, this is a great opportunity. And this is, we are a family church, and this is why I think it's beneficial for our families to go. 
And I, even this morning, I thought, why in the world are we taking up a whole Sunday morning to talk about our trip that only a handful of us went on? But I trust my pastor, and that's what he said we needed to do. And, and in that, I'm just going to use it as my commercial to pull on your hearts to help serve the children of this church and the children of this community, and hopefully next year go with us to serve out there. And if you have any questions about that, you can ask me. And I love you all very much, and I thank you all so much for your prayers and your support that made it possible for us to go. Thank you. In the Gospel of Isaiah, chapter 6, the Lord gives Isaiah a vision, and he's stricken with fear and awe. And it comes down to a question that God asked, and that was, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And it narrows down even more to Isaiah's response. And that is, here am I, Lord, send me. And his response came after his awareness of his depravity. Where Isaiah realized, I'm a man, a sinful man, and I live among a people, a sinful people. We don't have it all together. We got problems. Some days are good and some days are not. Some days I feel like we are all loving the Lord and other days I feel like we're falling. And Isaiah saw the picture of the angel of the Lord who took the coal, the hot burning coal from the altar where he touched Isaiah's lips and he said, you are made clean. See, many of us are like Isaiah a lot of times. Or many times we feel like we can't do anything for God because we have our problems. And many of us are waiting for our problems to get fixed before we move and do anything for God. And so we leave, we, we stay on that excuse. And many times we're like, Isaiah and others in the Bible where we think well I don't have anything good to offer God can't use me if you'll just look at my past and you'll see the pattern of my pain and my problems and you will understand my predicament that my purpose lies powerless and I'm paralyzed because of what I've been through I got to level with you, church. This service today and this message was not just about a mission trip. This service and this message was about God's calling on every single one of your lives. So whatever you're doing right now, you need to look at me and you need to focus on me as I tell you this right here. God asked the question to Isaiah and he asked the question to you and I today. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Because I believe deep down in the 
sanctified city of your soul, there is a calling from God to go. Not just go on a mission trip. That's one of many things that God has for every one of our lives. But really, it's about going in the calling that God has for each and every single one of us. I believe there are some cold embers of fire in our souls. Some of us have allowed God's flame to go out. But I want you to know, no sin, no predicament, no problem, no issue can ever squelch what God has put in motion in every single one of your lives. See, I got to level with you today. I believe God wants to resurrect some of your dreams, some of your hopes. I believe God wants to fan into flame, fan back into flame some of your passions that you had for Him once before. And you've gotten to a place of comfortability and perhaps a little stale, perhaps a little idle. You've reached a plateau in your spirituality. And just coming to church and sitting in service maybe satisfies your conscience. But today, I believe God in heaven is looking down. I can see it now. There is a light from heaven over your life right now where God is saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I believe the Lord is looking for you to say, here am I, God. Send me. I know I don't have it all together. I know I have some problems and I know I have some issues and I know life isn't perfect in my little world right now, but I don't want to grow cold and I don't want to get old and I don't want to move away from what you have for me. I don't want to go six feet under and have regrets. No, I want to live my life knowing that for the sake of the call, I gave you everything. I gave it all. Today, I believe the Lord is looking down from heaven and saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Today, I believe will be a turning point for you like several of us on this mission trip where at the beginning, we didn't want to go, perhaps. Didn't really understand the fullness of why we were going until you go and you come home and you prepare to give your church family a report. And it's, and it's, and it's the fire of the moving and the pushing of the Holy Spirit that you saw in every single one of these stories and their lives that I know touch some of your heartstrings today. So I got to level with you, church. Today wasn't just about telling you about a mission trip. It wasn't just about this trip. It wasn't just to get you perhaps enticed about next year. I hope and pray that does happen. And I believe for some of you it will. But really it's about God's call on your life. You see, the service opened up with worship and Pastor Lindsay coming forth saying a moment in his presence to silence the voices and the busyness of our world and the fire of the Holy Spirit to purge some of the things that we've been carrying around that we don't need to carry around any longer 
because you see all of those things, the voices we don't need to give ear to and the stuff that we carry that we don't need. You see what that stuff does? It causes us to be derailed from our destiny. And some of us have gotten so sucked into the lie of the enemy that says, you know what, your good enough is good enough. And God's saying, no, your good enough is not good enough. Your good enough will never be good enough. It was my great and my excellency in the majestic one, Christ Jesus, my son, who paid the price. And it's in him that you live and move and have your being. And some of you are living life right now just to get by. You're clinging on with your last little fingernail to try to get through life. And lo and behold, some of you parents, you're like, another school year has already begun. And I didn't even like last school year. And now we got another school year. And some of you students are thinking, man, my Summer is already over, and here I am starting another year, and God's saying, what have I called you to? Church, today I believe that God wants to end our worship this morning by fanning into flame some of our hearts. Because some of us are looking into left field and right field and way out beyond the scope and the range where the Lord wants us to focus on. Some of our focus is blurry. Some of our, our vision in this life is none. It's dark. But I want you to know that when you open your heart up to the things of God, your heart beats again. Your soul lives again. Your life and your steps, they have purpose again. So we're going to finish this out today. It's, we're going to sing this song, Set a Fire Down in My Soul.